وَإِذْ and recall when وَعَدْنَا we made an appointment with who? with Musa Prophet Musa alayhi salam and this appointment was how long? أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةً forty nights وَإِذْ وَعَدْنَا another blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the Bani Israel is being mentioned over here that recall the time when Wa'adna. Wa'u ain dal. Wa'ad. Wa'ad is a promise. And wa'ada is to make an appointment. And it's basically both sided. Like for example, a wa'ad, a promise could be one sided. So for example, you promise your brother that you'll give him something. But he's not promising you anything in return. Wa'ada, on the other hand, is two sided. So wa'adna. We made an appointment with Musa Arba'ina Layla, 40 nights. Arba'ina is from the root letters Ra-ba'ain. Arba'ah means four. And Arba'in means 40. Layla, night. Layla, lam, ya, lam is the root. So 40 nights. And when Musa salam was gone for 40 nights, what did the Bani Israel do behind him? Summa then, ittakhaztum, you all took al-ijla, the calf. Ijl. Ain Jim Lam is the root, and Ijl is used for calf, a baby cow. You took the cow, meaning for worship, as a god, mimbadihi after him. After who? Musa alayhi salam. Meaning when Musa alayhi salam was not there with you, you made the calf and you started worshipping him. Wa antum zalimun, and when you did that, you were wrongdoers. Zalimun is the plural of the word. Zalim. It's the plural of the word zalim. And zalim is one who does zulm. What is zulm? Oppression. Basically zulm is to put something where it does not belong. This is zulm. To put something where it does not belong. So when they put the golden calf in the place of ilah, was that fair? No. It was very wrong. So wa antum zalimun, you were wrongdoers. Now remember that the Bani Israel, when they left Egypt, they crossed the sea, they ended up in the plain of Sinai. Sinai, and this is where they stayed for a very long time. And then eventually from here, they went to Jerusalem, they entered the city. Now, think about it. The Bani Israel, they had been enslaved for a very long time. And when people are enslaved for generation after generation, what happens is that they lose their culture, they lose their religion, they lose their identity. Things that their forefathers knew, they have no idea about. So what did the Bani Israel need now, once that they were freed? Well, Prophet Musa is the one who took them. What were they in need of? Guidance, knowledge. So what happened? Once they crossed the sea, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called Musa salam to the mount. Why? To the mountain? In order to give him the Torah. Now Musa salam, he was supposed to go for 30 nights. Alright, of course the days are included in the middle. He was supposed to go for 30 days and nights. What happened? We learned in the Qur'an that he was there for 30 nights, but then the appointment was extended to 40. Now what happened, the Bani Israel, when they saw that Musa did not come back, one man amongst the Bani Israel, his name was Samiri. What did Samiri do? Samiri made a statue of a calf made of gold. He made that 
And he said that Musa, he's gone. Forget about him. And forget about the God of Musa. You know what? This idol or this calf is what we're going to worship. And the Bani Israel were very impressed by the golden calf because the golden calf had a hole in it. And when the air blew through it, it would make a mooing sound. Well, a real calf also makes a mooing sound, doesn't it? But they were very impressed by this golden calf. And so they began worshipping it. Allah says, you were wrong. You were very wrong when you did that. Now think about it. For anybody to start doing this, make an idol, start worshipping it, forget about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very wrong. But for Bani Israel, was this okay? Was this okay? No, given that Allah is the one who rescued them from Fir'aun. Allah is the one who caused the sea to part, drowned their enemy, and now that they're free, what are they doing? Instead of thanking Allah, they are worshipping an idol. This is the zulm that they committed. وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ ثُمَّ عَفَوْنَا عَنْكُمْ What happened? Allah says, ثُمَّ then عَفَوْنَا عَنْكُمْ We pardoned you from this. We forgave you. عَفَوْنَا is from the root letters عَيْن فَاوَاو And عَفُو is to wipe off, to erase something. Now when somebody does something wrong, what happens? What happens? They got to at least hear about it. Even if they're not punished for it, they get to hear about it. They're made to feel guilty about it. Afu is to completely erase someone's mistake, as in treat it like it never happened. To basically get over it. To not punish. Alright? So, ثُمَّ عَفَوْنَا عَنْكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكُ We pardoned you after you committed this crime. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you would be grateful. تَشْكُرُونَ شِينْ كَافْ رَا شُكْرْ Gratitude. Now if you think about it, Musa alayhi salam, when he returned from the mountain and he came back, he was furious. When he saw that his people had made a golden calf and they were worshipping it, doing its ibadah, he was very furious. We learn in the Qur'an that as he came, he was carrying the tablets on which the Torah was inscribed. He threw it. He threw the Torah down. He was so angry. He put it down. He went to his brother, Prophet Harun salam, because Harun salam had been placed in charge over the people. He went to him, grabbed his head and his beard from the other side. He was very furious at him. And asked him that, look, I appointed you here. What happened? And Harun salam, he said, Oh son of my mother, don't be angry at me. Don't hold my beard like this. Look at what you're doing. I tried to stop them, but they were so passionate about their calf that they were about to kill me. So I had to stop telling them. Otherwise, this would lead to a lot of problems. Now if you think about it, Musa is so angry. Do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was angry? Think about it. Shirk is an action that brings about the ghadab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Maryam we learn that when people ascribe a son to Allah, this statement is so severe that it could cause the heavens, the skies to rupture and it would cause complete chaos in the heavens and the earth. This is how upsetting shirk is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, previous nations, there were so many people who when they rejected their prophets, what happened? They were destroyed. All of them together at once, they were destroyed. Like for example, the people of Ad, the people of Thamud. 
these nations, we learn about them in the Qur'an, that how a wind was sent on them, or a thunderbolt, or an earthquake, or a scream, different ways through which they were destroyed. But the entire nation was finished. If you think about it, the Bani Israel, if they were to be punished like that, all of them finished at once, would they be worthy of it? Yes. Would you say that they deserve it? Of course, because Allah saved them. And what are they doing? Worshipping an idol? Musa salam has gone to bring the Torah, bring the guidance and knowledge. And what are the Bani Israel doing? Worshipping an idol? What's going on here? Allah bestowed such a huge favor upon you, and this is how you reciprocate? Or this is how you behave with your Lord? This is what you do in response? That you make an idol and you forget your Lord? So, if they were to be punished altogether at once, we could say that they were worthy of it. But did Allah destroy them like that? No. ثُمَّ عَفَوْنَا عَنْكُمْ Allah pardoned them. He did not destroy them. He did not punish them. And this was, again, a huge favor, even though they were deserving of that punishment. So, ثُمَّ عَفَوْنَا عَنْكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you would be grateful. What does this teach us? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ What does this teach us? Does it ever happen that you do something wrong, and then everything's still perfectly fine? Yeah? You don't see the consequences of your sin, of your wrong action. You know that story about Pinocchio? Every time that he lied, what would happen? It's an old story. What would happen? If that happened to us, how long would our noses be? Seriously. How long would they be? Pretty bad. Alright? If we saw the punishment of our sins immediately, what would happen? We would not be alive right now. We wouldn't be alive right now. We wouldn't have anything right now. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ignores our sins, and when we turn back to Him, seeking His forgiveness, He forgives us our sins. What should we do? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Be grateful to Allah. That even though we slept through fajr, we woke up alive. We slept through fajr, we missed it. Even though 10 people tried to wake us up, we still ignored every alarm and every call and every shake, everything we ignored and we kept sleeping and we left our salah, still we woke up alive and we had a normal day in which we ate, we spent money, we went to school, we got our stuff done, everything was okay. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ This is when we must be grateful to Allah that, Oh Allah, thank you. Thank you for giving me another chance. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ وَإِذْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ And when we gave Musa alayhi salam the book, which book is this? The book is the Torah. وَالْفُرْقَانِ And the criterion. Furqan is describing the book over here. Alright, so the Torah is described as Furqan. The word kitab is from the root, kaf taba, and the word furqan is from the root, faraqaf. We read the word faraqna earlier. What does faraqna mean? We separated. So furqan is that through which you separate between things. Furqan, criterion. Something through which you are able to tell between things. 
what is right, what is wrong. What is okay, what is not okay. Like for example, knowledge. If a person has studied something, then he's able to tell apart between what is fact and what is fiction. Isn't it? So that knowledge is like a criterion for him. Now what happens is that when it comes to eating, people eat all sorts of things. All sorts of weird things even, people eat. And you're like, what's okay, what's not okay? When it comes to speech, people say all sorts of things. Well, what's okay, what's not okay? And this is what typically people are debating about. What's okay, what's not okay? So, Furqan, this is referring to the revealed scripture, the Torah, because with the Torah, the Bani Israel were able to tell what is lawful, what is unlawful, what is beneficial, what is harmful. And this is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed books. He has not left it to us entirely to figure out what's good and what's not good. Because if it was up to us, what would we do? As we can see today. What happens? People say, okay, this is something good. Everybody should do it. But then after some time they realize, not a good idea. Not a good idea. We need to change this. Laws need to be changed. They need to be revived. They need to be altered. Based on different studies, different things have to be done. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving. But when it comes to halal, haram, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken that responsibility away from us. You don't decide what's halal, what's haram. Allah has given us the rules. So, وَإِذْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ وَالْفُرْقَانِ Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَحْتَدُونَ So that you would obtain guidance. تَحْتَدُونَ is from هَدَالِيَا Hidayah, guidance. So the book of Allah is the way to guidance. Now what happened? وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ And recall when Musa alayhi salam said to his people, قَالَ قَافْ وَأَوْلَامْ قَوْلْ is to say, قَالَ he said, Prophet Musa alayhi salam said to his people, and who are his people? Who are his people? The Bani Israel. He said to them, Ya qawmi, O my people. Before we continue, I want you to notice something. These are people who had crossed the sea with Musa alayhi salam. They had been saved from the torture and persecution of Fir'aun. They saw their enemy drown. And when Musa is gone to get the book, what did they do? They worshipped the calf. They made the calf and they worshipped it. Musa alayhi salam is now talking to them. And what does he say? Ya qawmi, O my people. He doesn't say, O you ungrateful lot. O you sinful people. O people who are doomed to Jahannam. No. Nothing derogatory over here. In fact, he addresses them with so much love. Ya qawmi. Oh my people. As if he's saying that I am one of you. Because you say my people to who? Those whom you belong to. Oh my people. And this is something that we need to remember also. You know, when we deal with people, there are people who don't cooperate, who don't listen, who continue in their wrong ways. But should we be reminding them of their sins over and over again? Should we be addressing them in that way? Or you thief? Seriously? Just because your brother borrowed your phone, in his opinion, without your permission, you say, oh you thief? Does that make sense? No. Ya qawmi, oh my people. Innakum, and then he mentions the facts, because 
Of course, reality is reality. إِنَّكُمْ indeed you ظَلَمْتُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ You have wronged yourselves. ظَلَمْتُمْ Same root. ظَلَمِيمْ And أَنفُس is the plural of the word nafs. You have wronged yourselves. You have harmed yourselves. How? بِاتِّخَاذِكُمُ الْعِجْلَ By your taking the calf for worship. اِتِّخَاذ اِتَّخَذْتُمْ We read earlier. And the root is Hamza Khadal. So you have wronged yourselves by taking the calf for worship. How exactly was that zulm? They thought they were doing something great. How did they harm themselves? When we do something wrong, when we disobey Allah, who are we actually harming? Who? Ourselves. You know, when you disobey a person, or you don't give them their right. You insult them, for example. You disrespect them in public. You write something mean about them on Facebook, for instance. You could say that, okay, you have damaged their reputation. You could say that you have harmed them, you have hurt their feelings. When we disobey a person, yes, we can harm them to a certain extent. When we disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can never harm Allah. Who are we actually harming? Ourselves. How? Because Allah is not in need of our deeds. He is not in need of our obedience. Who is in need of our obedience? We are. We are. So for example, if a person goes to school, they're supposed to write an exam, and they say to the teacher, you know what? I'm not going to write an exam. And the teacher's like, Excuse me? Write your exam. No, I'm not going to write it. What are you going to do about it? And if the teacher says, Okay, this is where you go for your time out when you're ready for your exam, then come write it, if that's a very nice teacher. And what happens? You sit through, you don't write your exam. Now what's going to happen? You failed. Whose loss is that? The teacher? Whose loss is that? Ours. Isn't it? It's our loss. So, إِنَّكُمْ ظَلَمْتُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ بِاتِّخَاذِكُمُ الْعِجْلَ Make note of this. When we disobey Allah, when we do something wrong, whether that wrong action is big or small, we are harming ourselves. We harm ourselves. So then, when we have harmed ourselves, what needs to be done? We need to fix things up. Right? How does that begin? By apologizing, turning back. So Musa salam said, فَتُوبُوا إِلَىٰ بَارِئِكُمْ He gives them the solution. What happens is that typically we will make people feel very guilty about their sin. You missed your salah? Again? Astaghfirullah. When are you going to start praying on your own? Like really, how old are you again? Oh. Still? And we just keep shaming the person. Right? إِنَّكُمْ ظَلَمْتُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ Musa salam says, فَتُوبُوا إِلَىٰ بَارِئِكُمْ Next step also. Now turn back to your Lord. Turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fix things up. فَتُوبُوا Tubu is from the root letter ba. We read this earlier in the story of Adam alayhi salam also. Literally to turn back. And tawbah is repentance. So repent to your Lord. And remember that Repentance is not just saying, Tawbah, Tawbah, Tawbah. Tawbah, repentance, 
includes many different things. Firstly, tawbah includes regret. That you truly in your heart feel regret for what you've done. So write this down. Tawbah includes what? Firstly, regret. Okay? Secondly, what should that regret lead you to? What should be the next step? Because what happens generally is that we are doing something wrong and while we are doing it, we're like, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. And we're doing it. Still we're doing it. That's not tawbah. Tawbah is what? You feel regret. I shouldn't be doing this. I should not have done it. And the second step is that you leave the wrong action. You stop it. You don't do it again. You don't continue it. What's the third step? Now you've left the sin also. What's the third step? Seek forgiveness. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. Then you say, astaghfirullah. Then the next step is, like for example, if you're watching TV, for instance, and something not so nice comes up on the TV. So will you keep watching it saying, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah? No. That would be mocking repentance, right? What is repentance? That you realize, I shouldn't be watching this. And then you turn that off. You stopped it, you left it. But then you make a firm resolve to not go back to it again. You promise yourself that I'm not going to do this again. So for example, you don't just turn the TV on again right away. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, I sought forgiveness and now on again. That's not tawbah. Tawbah is that you leave it and you have a firm resolve that you will not go back to it. Now yes, you're a human being. You're not perfect. You will fall into sin again. But you have to have that intention in your heart that you're not going to go back to it. And then another part of tawbah is to also fix things up. What do I mean by that? For example, if a person has a habit of stealing, okay, if a person has a habit of stealing, and they want to do tawbah from it, what does that mean? They say, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, I don't steal anymore, and I'm not going to do it ever again. Is that it? No. You also have to compensate the people that you have stolen things from. Because it's not fair. You understand? Because you did tawbah, but what about them? You have to give them what they deserve. If a person has been spreading lies, then they have to fix those lies with what? The truth. That is tawbah. So now here, the Bani Israel, they worship the calf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not send a punishment upon them. He spared them. But Musa alayhi salam tells them, you know what? You did something very wrong. So you have to do tawbah. You have to repent from this sin. Tubu ila bari'ikum. The word bari is from the root letters bara hamza. And bari is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And bara'a is to create. One of the meanings of the word bara'a is to create also. And bari is creator. Khaliq is also creator. And there are differences between khaliq and bari. So for example, one difference, I'm not going to list all of them here, but one difference is that khalq is just to create, to make. But bar, bari refers to also fashioning the creation, giving it its distinct features, its distinct abilities, and its distinct looks. So for example, notice the word bari is very appropriate over here, because the Bani Israel made the calf. And the mooing sound came out of the calf. And they were very impressed by that. But 
Really? The cow that Allah makes, isn't that far better? Isn't it? So, فَتُوبُوا إِلَى بَارِئِكُمْ Turn to the one who has made you. Now, what was part of their tawbah? Musa alayhi salam, he said that you have to go through some worldly punishment. And what was that worldly punishment? Death. Yeah. It was not something small. Very serious. So he says, فَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ So, فَقْتُلُوا أُقْتُلُوا is from قَاف تَا لَام قَتْل قَتْل is to kill. أَنفُسَكُمْ Anfus is the plural of nafs. Kill yourselves. This doesn't mean commit suicide. No. What it means is, أَنفُسَكُمْ One another. One another. Because Muslims are like one body. Aren't they? So if you harm another Muslim, it's as if you are harming yourself. Like for example, if a person were to say, you know what, this hand of mine, I don't like it, so I'm just going to cut it. If you cut it, you're harming your body. This hand is a part of you. Your body, all of it is sacred. All of it deserves to be respected. Just as you respect your face, you respect certain parts of your body, your hair, you must also respect every part of your body. So Musa salam said, فَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ This is the punishment that you have to kill each other. Now, very severe. But he said, ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ عِنْدَ بَارِئِكُمْ This is better for you near your Creator. When you will do this, فَتَابَ عَلَيْكُمْ Then he will turn in mercy on you. He will accept your repentance. إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ Indeed, he is the accepting of repentance, the merciful. Now, didn't we learn earlier that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that we pardoned you? So if they were pardoned, why is this happening? What is meant by pardon over there is that the Bani Israel were not completely destroyed altogether at once. But because they had done something wrong, their Prophet legislated this punishment for them. How did this work out? There's different interpretations, but I'll tell you one, which is that the scholars have said that the Bani Israel, the guilty amongst them, and who were the guilty amongst them? Those who had made and worshipped the calf. And then the other group was of those who did not worship the calf. Alright? So those who did not worship the calf were to kill who? Those who worshipped the calf. But if you think about it, the entire nation was guilty. Alright? The entire nation was guilty. Because if you see wrong being done and you don't stop it, you remain silent over there, then you are also part of the crime. Because you let it happen. When you had the ability to stop it, you didn't do anything about it, you let it happen, so you're equally guilty. You should stop it. So, everyone was guilty. Now, it is said that this was something very difficult for the Bani Israel, of course, to kill each other like this. But they began. They began this in obedience to Musa alayhi salam. And what happened? Musa alayhi salam prayed to Allah. He wept and he prayed to Allah. That, oh Allah, we beg your pardon, we beg your pardon. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them that they were forgiven. Alright? So Allah pardoned them in the sense that He did not send a punishment upon them. But because they were guilty, they had to go through worldly punishment. But when they started, even when they started it, when something was so difficult, they started it anyway, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave them. This is similar to how there was a man who committed 99 murders. Remember? 
Yeah, he killed 99 people by the way. This is a hadith. 99 people. What happened? He realized, I shouldn't be killing people. So he went to a righteous guy and he said, I've killed 99 people. Is there any forgiveness for me? And that righteous man said, nope, not at all. Not a chance. So what happened? That man got so upset with him, killed him off also. So now he had a hundred people whom he had killed. hundred murders. Then he went to a scholar, a knowledgeable person. And he said, is there any hope for me? He said, of course there is. You leave this, you repent to Allah with sincerity, there is hope for you. You can be forgiven. But that man, he told him that leave this place. Go somewhere else. Because it's too easy for you to do wrong here. So go somewhere else where it won't be easy for you to do wrong. So what happened? The man, he decided and he was on his way. Alright, he started out, he was on his way and he died. Alright, he died. So now what happened? Two groups of angels came to take his soul. One group of angels was of those who take the soul of the righteous. And the other group was of those who take the soul of the sinful. So one group brought mercy and one group brought punishment. And both argued. The angels of mercy said that he had repented. And the angels who bring punishment, they said that no. Okay, he may have, but he had not reached that place yet. So what happened? This was a special case and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided concerning it. And the conclusion is that basically that man was forgiven. His soul was taken by the angels of mercy. Why? Because he had begun his journey in the right direction. So the Bani Israel, this punishment was very difficult. Now if you think about it, they could have rebelled over here. They could have said, no, you know what? We're not going to listen to you, Musa. That's it. We're done. You can do whatever you want. We're not going to listen to you. But there was something in their heart. They felt bad. They realized their mistake. They listened to Musa I'm Such a severe punishment. They took it. And then what happened as they started? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed His mercy upon them. He accepted their repentance. إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ 